Well, well, well. You've stumbled into another episode of Breakfast with an Alcoholic. This is episode 14, and it's very special. First, it's special because it's with a writer here on Substack named Chris Dangerfield. He writes Dangerfield's exaggerations here, and he's coming to us all the way from Cambodia. Obviously, this has stretched the artistic parameters of Breakfast with an Alcoholic, but it's always 8 a.m. somewhere, and we've tried to make it sound like we were having pancakes in the diner. Hope that's cool with you. Anyway, the other reason this is special is that Chris, while he's been in NA and recovery, is not abstinent these days. I think we have an interesting conversation about addiction and sobriety, and I think, spoiler alert, we maybe find out our views aren't so far apart after all. As always, I am super grateful for your support, and if you like this, the great news is that you can subscribe for free. That way, you won't miss another episode, and you'll also get the daily gratitude lists, and they come out pretty much daily. You'll also get the liner notes, there's so much more. And it's easy to do, just click the button down there. Also, if you're already subscribed, cool and thank you, but you're not off the hook quite yet. If you like what we're doing here, then a quick click of the like or share buttons well, that would be really cool. Anyway, you know what I'm going to say next. This is a great conversation coming up. So pour yourself a cup of coffee and join us. Hey, Chris. Uh, welcome to Breakfast with an Alcoholic. It's great to have you. It's a pleasure. It really, it really is a pleasure as well. We met on Substack, which is our writing, our common writing platform. I started my Substack last year, and the reason I started it was to build an audience for my novel that's coming out almost certainly in November. Oh, wow. Cool. I was a stand-up comedian for 10 years, and uh, I know you do this podcast about recovery, and I said it would be nice at all. And then I sort of, the, the, the sort of bombshell was, I'm not in abstinence i'm not in na recovery right and i you know and i would i would understand if you said yeah that's not really uh, gonna go down well but you didn't you, you were you know you were open to having that conversation which was refreshing to be honest with you you have an interesting story and i, I think this is cool that we're getting a chance to collaborate like this the reason for the podcast is just having more casual conversations with people about sobriety, how they get sober, how they stay sober. And I recognize, and, and actually the, the big book recognizes that there are people for whom a return to drinking is possible. And they recognize that there are different gradations of alcoholism, which would make sense since it's a disease. And there's also like in one of the forewords, it comes right out and says, hey, you know, we don't have a monopoly on the treatment of alcoholism. And for me, if I could have found a way to continue drinking in a moderate way, I would have, but there just was, that was not ever, ever, ever gonna be a path for me. And I, I proved it <laughs> like a hundred different times. Um, but, but you know, if people can do that, I think that's fantastic, right? The, the point is to save your life. I think for me, it's about becoming manageable. I, I'm not. I'm not necessarily interested in someone. I don't do this. I don't do that. I want to know if you can manage your life, and if you can manage your life, that's that's the that's a, a positive. And you know what you're saying is not like some great heresy. 
like the first step is admitted that we were powerless over alcohol and that our lives had become unmanageable. I mean, I did, I got four years abstinent. Uh, well, I'd, I'd done about 20 rehab centers and I don't believe that um, addiction is a disease. I don't buy that model. Um, again, though, if it works for you, that's, that's fine. I, I saw, I, I read something that you wrote about that. And so why don't you say more about that? I, I think it's a choice. I, I choose to use drugs. No, I don't think that's a disease. I think I just made bad decisions. When you talk about addiction, I think it's very hard for people to wrap their heads around exactly this issue because there is undeniably a volitional element to it, right? I mean, you go out and drink, you go out and, you know, get heroin. And yeah, so you did that and it's a bad choice. You know, you can get cancer and, and it can be, or heart disease, right? And, and you have contributed in some cases to that disease, but you also probably were predisposed to it in a variety of ways. We know for a fact that alcoholics and addicts, the structure of their brain is different. And it, and it changes physically. And that's a consequence of use and all that. So again, it's volitional, but it's a physical thing. I mean, I remember being in rehab and sitting through a lecture on the disease model. And this is like the only disease in the world where when you get diagnosed with it, they say, <laughs> prescription is go read this book that was written in 1939, because that will get you better. Like that's a that's an effed up response to you have a terrible disease that'll cost you your life. I just think we need to take some responsibility and accountability for our behaviours and not harm them off as the disease of addiction. And the therapist has said, you know, stop, stop, you know, stop giving yourself a hard time. That's your disease. And I'm like, no, you're an arsehole. And, and, and if you, you know, letting him off for those kinds of behaviours, he's going to go and do them again. He has to face the fact that he punched his grandmother in the face to steal her wedding ring. No disease makes you do that. I completely agree with that. And, I, you know, I think that's actually the, you know, the, the part of the process that makes it work is, you know, I mean, going through and compiling a list of everyone you've hurt and being willing to go and make amends to them, right? That's that's accountability. You know, I sort of am as well because I am an atheist, so there's problems with all these things up on the wall. And I was introduced to a book by a man called Jeffrey Schaller. Uh, he's a PhD, many peer-reviewed writer. He wrote a book called Addiction is a Choice. And it changed my life if you can live a manageable life doing whatever it is you do, then that's all cool. Like, you know, if something's not broken, then you don't need to fix it. I mean, I, when I had nearly four years, I uh, relapsed. Um, it was an in, it's an interesting story. I'll, I'll give you the very short version. I was out in Thailand. Um, I had eight weeks out there. You know, I, I'd, been, I'd been clean for the first time since I was a teenager. And, um, you know, my business was still going and all nice. I done my backing in the gym in Thailand. I said to the, the, the woman who run the hotel, I said, get me one tramadol and one diazepam. And she come back with a box of tramadol and a box of diazepam. And I came round about, I still don't know how long it was. It might've been a week, it might've been three weeks, but 
it was carnage, absolute carnage. I'd done 30 to 40,000 pounds English, about in today's money, about $60,000 on methamphetamine, which I'd never used in my life. There was a Glock 19 on the sideboard that I'd managed to procure on the way. I'd got a linen suit made. I'm gathering I had that measured at the start of the relapse because it was a lot bigger. <laughs> it didn't fit by the end of that relapse, I can assure you. There were prostitutes and ladyboys and wannabe sort of gangsters in my room. There was three televisions, all playing Japanese semi-naked dancing girls. It was a mess. Blister packets everywhere, meth pipes everywhere. And uh, the the woman who owned the hotel come in and she said, no, this stops now, she said. And she, she chucked everyone out. She tidied up the room, nursed me back to life. And admittedly, that, just telling you that story makes me feel a little bit less sure about the choice aspect. <laughs> right. You and I react differently when you put that substance in us. You know, when you get a box of diazepam and a box of tramadol, like my grandmother probably had a box of each of those and her <laughs> medicine cabinet too. And I feel like her situation was never <laughs> your situation. I lied to myself. I think that part of this, the one essential component of this, you can't be a good alcoholic or addict unless you're really good at lying to yourself. Because to engage in that kind of behavior over a long period of time, you got to convince yourself of some pretty stupid shit. The point is to have a happy, sustainable life. Whatever, whatever that formula is, cool. I mean, I certainly developed a more spiritually aware way of existing as I got older. And as I got older, you know, my habit become more manageable, I think that's fair to say. And, but my spirituality is just do things for other people occasionally. There, it's not all about what I can get. Yeah. And you'll be surprised that helping other people makes you feel a bit better. And if you feel a bit better, you might not necessarily need to knock yourself out again tonight. You know, but... You are... That is exactly the underpinning of Alcoholics Anonymous, that by helping another alcoholic, you help yourself, and that and that, that time you spend there helping them means you don't have to look for something yourself to fill that hole. You are secretly in favor of Alcoholics Anonymous. You just didn't. I, I, well, I, 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 yeah, I am, because I think it provides people with a fraternity. So, Chris, it's time for the Alcoholic Lightning Round. Time now for the alcoholic lightning round. What I like to tell people before we start is that I once was a practicing trial attorney. Uh, we're going to put 30 seconds on the clock. Are you ready? Uh, superpower if you had one. Invisibility. Do you know any magic tricks? Yes, I conjurer. Give me an example of your best magic trick. I could predict any card you thought of, but it would take me a minute. Can you saw a body in half? Uh, yeah, it's a problem, yeah. I'm sorry, no one's ever answered yes to that before. Um, <laughs> you caught me by surprise. Three words people would use to describe you. <laughs> Confident, experienced, stupid. Uh, if you were going to be stranded on a desert island, are there five albums that you would take with you to that island? Yeah. Oh, 
Oh yeah, I will definitely take the latest spiritualized album, Everything Was Beautiful. And I'll definitely take the spiritualized album before that, uh, And Nothing Hurt. And those two album titles together, the Kurt Vonnegut quote from Slaughterhouse Five, Everything Was Beautiful and Nothing Hurt. I'd also take Spiritualized, Ladies and Gentlemen, Float in Space. I'd also take um, Leonard Cohen's Songs from the Room. And probably Spaceman 3, Flame and Fire. Those are excellent choices. All junkies. <laughs> <laughs> that may be the best answer ever to that question. All right, finish this song lyric. Everybody have fun tonight. Everybody blank blank tonight. I honestly don't know. Everybody have fun tonight. Everybody wang chung tonight. I'm so sorry. I'm glad I don't know that. <laughs> well, this has been great having you on. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure, Randall. Well, that's another episode of Breakfast with an Alcoholic. I hope you enjoyed it. In fact, I hope you enjoyed it so much that you subscribe. And to make that easy, I put a button down there. You can just push it. Go ahead, I'll wait. <laughs> cool. When you subscribe, you get the daily gratitude list, all of the future episodes of Breakfast with an Alcoholic, the liner notes, the official discography, and so much more. The really great news? You can subscribe today for free. I mean, you're probably also going to be able to subscribe tomorrow for free, but wouldn't today be better? Also, I know it's Alcoholics Anonymous, but it's totally cool if you want to tell your friends about us. It's thanks, F-L-M-S, thanks for letting me share on Instagram and Twitter. And I put another button down there to make it super easy to share. So subscribe, like, share, follow, and I will be very grateful. On a serious note, if you need help or want to learn more, nyintergroup.org has a complete listing of AA resources in New York, and there's an intergroup site for every state and a lot of countries. If you want to ask us, we can try to point you in the right direction too. So that's it. You can look forward to the liner notes for this episode soon, and I'm already excited about the next breakfast, and not just because there are going to be pancakes involved. Until then, be well, stay groovy, Go to a meeting and call your sponsor. Thanks for letting me share.